The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison & Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com t-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Journey's 15th studio album, Freedom, goes on sale soon, and reviewers, including myself, are giving it rave reviews. It harkens back, really, to the early Journey albums, and you'll be able to hear a lot of it and the classic stuff as well as the band is in the midst of a summer tour. I've got Journey founding member and great guitarist Neil Sean on the line right now. They're in Washington, D.C. Neil, welcome welcome back. It goes without saying we love you here in Vegas. Thank you. I love you guys in Vegas. The last time you and I talked, you uh, you were you said that you were working on the new album. I've heard the whole thing, and it is spectacular. Wow, I'm glad you love it. Everybody is telling me they love this album, which I thought, I was hoping they were going to say they did, because I love it, and I think it's some of our best work yet, and you can compare it. I I tell people, I told people this while I was working on it, and they thought I was just blowing smoke, you know, and trying to hype the thing, but honestly, if I'm going to say, I think this holds up next to anything we've ever done. And, and you know, I, I think it holds up uh, as strong, if not stronger, than our biggest uh, compilations, the greatest hits, or, you know, uh, Infinity from Infinity, through Escape, through Frontiers, any of those albums. I think that, you know, I've, I've brought in all the elements from when Journey first started. See, and this is going to be my 50th anniversary next year. Wow. Being the last man standing that was there for that many years, I felt like it would be right to encompass all musically everything that we've done. Put a bit of that progressive stuff in, put a bit of, you know, the more familiar stuff, but also do some ballads that are coming from a different place, maybe a little bit more of an R&B kind of thing to it than some of the other power ballads that we have, you know. Uh, but there's a lot of rockers on this album. You did a lot of this work, if not all of it, mostly remotely, right, during the pandemic? Yeah, I was able to work with Narda uh, Michael Walden in his studio. So there's one re- it, there's a reason that the whole album has a lot of light, is that I was cutting live guitar uh, with live drums. A lot of t- times playing live solos and going back and then, putting a rhythm guitar on if it needed it or adding some keyboards and and bass just to demo the song up a bit more before I shot it out to everybody and they, you know, put their parts on. And so we did a lot of that work, Narda and I, together. uh, Put scratch vocals, uh, melodies. I sang a lot on these songs. Uh, Some Jonathan finished up. You know, he wrote most of all the lyrics. I came up with a few choruses. Randy Jackson came up with, you know, a couple chorus ideas. It was a, it was like a, a good group effort. But, you know, the reason the album has life, though, I do believe, is that, you know, we weren't working with a computer 24-7 from the get-go. Right. Real guitars, real drums. Right. Uh, and you've got a mini residency here in Las Vegas starting July 15th at Resorts World. How does that work out with you guys in front of a symphony? Well, a lot of the arrangements were done prior uh, by gentlemen in in Los Angeles. We had done, uh, we played a gig at the Hollywood Bowl like about four years ago. Yep. 
was a long concert. We did about three hours worth of material, and it went all the way back to Infinity Era. And we rearranged a lot of the songs for Symphony, and then they wrote the symphony to the parts. This was a 100-piece orchestra that we did it to. Wow. Vegas is a much smaller orchestra, but will have the same effect. I saw you perform a rocking version of the national anthem during Game 1 of the NBA Finals between the Warriors and Celtics. You killed it, and I'm wondering if there are maybe... Any nerves performing something like that? Because you're at center court and you're all alone, man. Well, I wasn't alone. I mean, it was nervy because, <laughs> you know, I've done it before in Vegas. Yep. You know, for the Raiders. Right. But you're on a giant football field and they have a great sound system there that AG put in there. So I was able to really hear my guitar. We're in San Francisco. I couldn't hear the guitar that well in the system itself. And how so I was mainly hearing what was behind me, and I'm not used to that, used to hearing it, you know, fly around in the building right. a bit more. But while I was out there in the middle of the court waiting to do it, because they get you out there really early and set up, you know, you've got both teams, and you're right next to them, and they're falling down in front of you, falls are flying all over the place. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm going to get taken out in a second. These guys are huge. <laughs> you know, I'm like five nine. Yeah. These guys look like they're nine feet tall. Right. And, you know, really, really, I mean, you don't notice how big they are until you're out there on the court with them, you know. And so it was it was like a little nerve-wracking. Also, you know, I had to be very time-conscious. I didn't want to do a really generic version of it, which I've seen many other guitarists do. I really I felt like I slayed it for the Raiders, you know, and got a massive roar out of the audience. I think both of those performances, uh, let me just tell you, Hendrix would have been proud. Like I had to take some liberty. Now, you say that uh, you are celebrating 50 years in the business, which is hard to believe, but you were just a kid when you started out. Do you have guitars that are that old? Uh, I do. Yeah. And uh, I've got, you know, 1954, which was the year I was born. You know, uh, Les Paul, my wife, got me for her 65th birthday. And so, yeah, I do have older guitars. I have a lot of newer guitars, though, that are built like older guitars. And they're like my main go-to guitars, you know. You do it so well now, but did it take a while when you were a younger player to learn how to arrange and make a three-minute song so musical? Yes, there is definitely... Uh, a fine line to it, I believe, you know. And it wasn't, when I first started doing it, uh, when Steve Perry first came in the band, it was a completely different thing for me because I was used to stretching out, playing, you know, 10-minute solos yeah. live, you know, and jamming a lot. We were like one of the original jam bands before uh, jam bands were cool, you know, besides the dead. And so, you know, learning how to... Uh, construct a song in a three and a half minute duration takes a lot of uh, know-how and not to make it sound too generic and try to make it as musical as possible but I can say is the less time you have the more challenging it is to be able to create something that does sound artistic song like let it rain on our new record yeah you know that's about a little over three and a half minutes but it's packed it's jam-packed with power 
and, you know, solos and flamboyancy. And, you know, it's built for radio, but it's on coming from the other side. So, yeah, we've learned well how to do that. Yeah, by the same token, I love the one of the new singles, Together We Run, just, just a killer. Neil, when you were a, a young player, I mean, really young, you were in your teens, you made some pretty cool connections, didn't you, with guys like Elvin Bishop and B.B. King? Absolutely. That was like a big beginning for myself, is I had a friend that brought me up into San Francisco to play at Keystone Corner, which was Michael Bloomfield's initial blues club. Right. While he was with Paul Butterfield. And then, you know, after Michael passed, Alvin Bishop took it over. And uh, my friend introduced me to Alvin Bishop, and Alvin Bishop kind of took me under his wing. He decided that I was like the young gun that was going to, you know, have the shootout with every guitarist that would come in on a Thursday night. You know, and so guitars will come in every Thursday night, and we'd have like a guitar shootout on stage. And I kept winning, kept winning. So he said after about a month of it, he says, okay, well, you win, and so I'm going to take you. We're going to do something special tonight. And he took me over to the Fillmore West, and he said, we're going to sit in. You're going to meet B.B. King. We're going to sit in with B.B. tonight. Oh, man. And man. so that was, you know, really the first time. I was on stage, a bigger stage like that with somebody famous like that. And I was a major fan of B.B. Being, you know, came from Blues Roots and studied him and Albert King and Michael Bloomfield. So I met B.B., couldn't have been nicer backstage. We went on stage. I was on the left-hand side of the stage looking out at the audience. He was all the way on the right, Mike, and uh, uh, Elvin was in the middle. So it came time, B.B. wanted to see what I had. And, you know, we did this trade-off, and doing it in a very respectful way, I gave him some of his own sauce back, you know, <laughs> uh, letting him know that I had studied him with his vibrato and his choice of notes. If he played a lick at me, I played him the same lick back from the other side of the stage, and he kind of cocked his head, you know, to the, to the left of me, like, with a big smile. Oh, man. Journey's new album, yeah. Freedom, comes to us all, and I suggest you uh, pick up a copy. July 8th, it's available on iTunes, Amazon, and you can pre-order at journeymusic.com. And the tour comes to Vegas July 15th at Resorts World. Neil, always a pleasure. Have a great summer on tour. Thank you, man. I look forward to seeing you there. I guess things appear to be so back to normal that Journey has already mapped out a stadium tour in 2024 with Def Leppard. Well, that finishes off this episode of the Fake Show Podcast. Thanks again for listening. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com. <laughs>